This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. We start tonight's laugh-filled show with a visit from Jack Benny and all the gang as they return from New York and join in as he and Mary are on the Super Chief on the way back to L.A. The Lucky Strike Program, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don gentlemen, for the past two weeks, Jack Benny and his troop have been in New York. So now let's pick them up on the Super Chief en route to Los Angeles. Mary and Jack are playing a game of Jim Hmm. You sure are lucky, Mary. I play better gin than you do, and yet you always win. Well, it's your own fault, Jack. You don't concentrate on the card. I do, too. Now, let's see. I know you have three nines, three queens, and the six, seven, and eight of hearts. So I know you can't use this card. Here. Here's the deuce of spades. Gin. Gin, let me see your hand. There you are. Three eights, four kings, and three deuces. Wait a minute. Where are those two nines you picked up? That was yesterday. Well, go ahead and deal the cards again. Yeah, I never played in such bad luck in all my life. Hey, Jackson, you got a corkscrew? Here you are, Phil. Thanks. Gee, I hope I have better luck with this hand than I... Pick up your card. Okay. I hope I... Hmm. Hmm. Jack, pick up your last card. Whoops. Oh, boy. What a hand this is. Mary, I'm warning you. Any card you throw, I can use. Go ahead, throw one. It's your turn first. Oh, yeah. Here. Gin. <laughs> Jack! Jack, it wasn't my fault. Stop pulling my hair. Oh, I'm sorry, Mary. I didn't mean to get so excited. Well, that's enough gin rummy for me. What do I owe you? Five dollars and twenty cents. All right, I'll pay you tomorrow. Oh, Jack, you always say that. Why don't you pay up as soon as you lose? Because it's so inconvenient. I don't care. Take off your shoe and pay me. <laughs> All right, I'll pay you. I'll pay you. Turn around. Turn around? Just for going to go you take your shoe off? The fives are pinned to my underwear. <laughs> Here's your money. Thanks. You're welcome. You know, Mary, you're the luckiest Hey, person. Jackson, you got a bottle opener? Here you are, Phil. Thanks. 
As I was saying, Mary, you're the luckiest person I've ever seen. Oh, I'm not lucky. You just don't know how to play gin rummy. Oh, I don't, eh? Well, I'll tell you what. You won $5 for me. I'll play you one more hand, double or nothing. All right. And we'll use this other deck. Now, shuffle them and shuffle them good. Okay. Show you. Uh, if they're shuffled enough, Mr. Benny, I'll deal. Wait till I cut them, sister. There. Go ahead and deal. Just a minute. You don't have to roll up your sleeves. I trust you. <laughs> Go ahead and deal. This time, Mary, I'll show you that you can't be lucky all the time. There's a law of averages, you know. Okay, pick up your card. I got them, I got them. Well, this is more like it. Now, let's see. This card I don't need. Here. I don't want that one. I'll pick. Here, I'll give you this one. Oh, boy, right in the middle. I go down with six. Well, you caught me this time. I'm stuck with 24 points. Good, good. Where's the pencil? Put your cards down first. There. Now, let's see. Six from 24. That gives me... Oh, wait a minute. I can put the seven and eight on your heart run. Where? Oh, yes. Ah, but that still leaves me with nine. You're darn right. Six from nine gives me... Oh, wait a minute. I can play my deuce on your three deuces. Where, 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 where? Right there. Oh, yeah, but you're still stuck with seven, and six from seven gives me... Oh, hello, kids. Oh, hey, Don, I just clipped Mary. Oh, stop bragging. I only got stuck with this seven of clubs. Seven of clubs? Well, Mary, why don't you put it on his four, five, six? Oh, yes. What? That leaves me with nothing. You lose. <laughs> Don, Don. Yes, Jack? Every year you're voted as radio's best announcer, aren't you? Well, yes, Jack. Well, it shouldn't be hard for you to get another job. <laughs> now, get out of here. Oh, don't be such a sore loser. He's right. What time do we get to Los Angeles, Don? 8.45 tomorrow morning. Gosh, another night on the train. Hey, Jackson, you got any extra glasses in there? <laughs> yes, there are three of them over there. Thanks. <laughs> Say, Jack, I'm a little hungry. How about sandwiches? All right, Mary, I'll go to the diner and get some. I'll be back in a few minutes. Okay. Let's see, the diner's down this way. Gee, imagine them charging 95 cents for a sandwich. Do you hear that whistle down the line? I reckon that it's engine number 99. All those prices that you have to pay on the Atchison, Topeka, and the Sand. <laughs> See, the diner must I beg be... your pardon, mister. Yeah? Could you tell me which way the engine is? The engine? Oh, yes, you're going in the wrong direction. It's the other way. Why do you want to know? I'm the engineer. <laughs> the engineer? Hey! I hope he finds it before we reach Los Angeles. It'll be the first time I ever went to Catalina by rail. <laughs> Let's see. The diner should be in this next car. Well, from what you told me, Rochester, I don't see how Mr. Bennett got along without you. Uh-oh. There's Rochester in the washroom talking to one of the porters. I got to listen to this. Uh, anything else you want to know, Rod? Yeah, besides writing Mr. Bennett's radio show, what else you do for him? Well, I'm his publicity agent, manager, and last but not least, his personal advisor. Oh, well, are you going to let Mr. Bennett go on television? Well, we'll be happy to discuss any offers. Well, why did you say that so loud? I want people to hear. We ain't had any yet. 
been wanting to ask you. Uh, how old is Mr. Bennett? Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine? Why, I thought that was just a joke on the radio. Well, in the vernacular, we people in show business, that is known as a running gag. Well, uh, how long has it been running? Two years longer than the actors in Topeka and Santa Fe. <laughs> Rochester. Uh-oh. Is that Mr. Bennett? It ain't your host. <laughs> Rochester, I don't like you discussing my private affairs. Yes, sir. And will you please go to the diner and get some ham sandwiches for me and Miss Livingston? Boss, would you mind making that cheese? Why? I just told Roy I was your personal advisor. <laughs> all right, all right. Just get the sandwiches. Yes. And take that sign off your back. I'm not considering television till next year. I think he'd know better than to talk about me in front of strangers. Let's see. Oh, here's Mary's compartment. Gee, it took you a long time. Where are the sandwiches? I sent Rochester. Oh, hello, Dennis. Hello, Mr. Vinny. Hey, kid, I haven't seen you all day. What have you been doing? Oh, I was in the club car looking out the window, counting the telephone poles. I wanted to see if my mother was right. What? Well, she says there are 119,726 poles between Kansas City and Albuquerque. Well, how would your mother know? She dug the holes for them. <laughs> Why do I ask them? Why do I ask them? Say, Jack, would you like to play a little more gin rummy till the sandwiches get here? Well, all right, Mary. Move over, Don. Keep your mouth shut. Okay. Oh, by the way, Jack, I haven't seen your riders since we left New York. Are they on this train? No, they took another one. Well, why don't you have them come with us? Are you ashamed of them? Ashamed of them? Of course not. My four riders are very famous. Three of them have their pictures in the brown derby, and the other has his in the post office. <laughs> oh, yes. Dead or alive, Sam. Yeah. Mendel's got a private room. <laughs> hey, this is a pretty good hand you dealt me. Hey, Mr. Benny, why don't you put those two kings together? Be quiet. You're giving my whole hand away. And anyway, they're queens. <laughs> Gee, if she just throw you the seven of spades, you could go right down. Dennis! <laughs> Let's see. I'll give you this one, Mary. The eight of hearts. I'll take it. And here's the three of diamonds. I don't need it. I'll pick. Oh, that's a beaut. Now, let's see. What'll I give you? Give her the end card. No, no, no. I'll give her this one. Here. I'll take it. Hmm. Here, Jack. I'll give you this one. I don't need it. I'll pick. Now, let's see. Give her the end card. No, you saw what she picked. I'll give her this one. Oh, no, 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 not that card. Give her the end card. <laughs> well, maybe you're right. She did pick up those other two. Here, Mary. Gin. <laughs> Dennis. I guess I've only got one show now. <laughs> Look, and why don't you go back to the club car and count telephone poles? No, I've got to practice my song for Sunday's broadcast, so I'll see you later. Uh, what song are you going to do this Sunday, Dennis? The Dream is a Wish Your Heart makes from Walt Disney's new picture, Cinderella. Would you like to hear it? Yes, yeah, sing it. Do anything. Just leave me play. Oh. Deal, Mary.
your heart Wonderful. Thank you, Mary. It was great, kid, but when you do it on the show... Now, listen, Dennis, sing it a little faster because we're kind of tight for time. Okay. Now, go ahead, Mary. It's, it's your draw. Hey, Jackson. <laughs> what? You got a couple aspirins. <laughs> oh. Oh. So you finally got yourself a little headache, eh? Well, don't expect any sympathy from me, Phil. Jen. No, thanks, Mary. I've had all that. Phil! <laughs> Jen sometimes can mean something else. <laughs> Mary. Look, this hand doesn't count because I wasn't watching. Now, deal the cards again. Come in. Telegram from Mr. Harris. Oh, I'll take it, Porter. Here, this is for you. Mmm, a dollar. Thank you, Mr. Harris. <laughs> well, go ahead and read it, Phil. What does it say in the dollar? In the telegram. <laughs> Go ahead, Phil, read it. Let's see. Um... Oh, no. 
Who's it from, Phil? The boys in my band. What does it say? Hurry home, we're in again. <laughs> well, look, I better send them a wire, tell them when I'm going to arrive. See you later, huh? Well, come on, Jack. Let's finish our game of gin. No, no, man. I'm going out to look for Rochester and see what's taking him so long with the sandwiches. Okay, and hurry back. I'm starved. Okay, Mary. Gee, this trip has been exciting. Saw the Mississippi, the Grand Canyon, a dollar tip. Oh, well. Oh, there's that cute little baby. Do you mind if I hold him, madam? No, no, not at all. Hello, baby. Ah, look at him. He's so cute. And his eyes are the same color as mine. Lake Louise Blue. How old is he, lady? Thirty-nine. What? Weeks. Oh, oh. You know, lady, yesterday when you were in the diner, I came through here and I played with him. Didn't I, baby? Jim. He's luckier than Mary. Here, take him back, lady. You have a lovely child. Thank you. You'll find $5 he won pinned to his diaper. <laughs> and what a little doll that baby is. Excuse me. Oh, it's you, Jack. I was just going up to the diner. Oh. Well, Don, I sent Rochester up there for some sandwiches. If you see him, hurry him up, will you? All right, I will. Oh, Don, before you go, there's something i got to tell you. The most amazing thing happened a little while ago. What is it, Jack? What happened? Well, I was in Mary's compartment with Phil when the porter brought him a telegram. Yes? And Phil gave him a dollar tip. Well, what about it? What about it? <laughs> Don, he gave him a dollar tip. A dollar just for bringing him a telegram. He didn't press his suit or anything. Well, Jack, there's nothing unusual about that. You mean that you... Certainly, certainly, all the time. Gosh. Jack, in these times when you're in a hotel or on a train and people do a personal service for you, it's customary to give them a dollar tip. It is? Yes, and you might as well get used to it. I will not. <laughs> All right, Don, you go on to the diner. I'll see you later. Oh, uh, wait a minute, Jack. I just remembered something. I, I've got a surprise for you. A surprise? Yes. Step right over here to compartment H. Gee, I wonder what the... Right here? Yeah, yeah. Open the door. Oh, for heaven's sake. <laughs> well, the Sportsman Quartet. Hello, fellas. What are they doing on the train? Oh, they got on at Albuquerque. They've been there all week on a personal appearance. 
Well, Don, I'm glad the boys are with us and that they'll be on the show Sunday. Are they happy that they're going home? You know, back to Los Angeles? Ooh, are they? <laughs> Listen to this, Jack. We love those dear hearts and gentle people who live in our hometown. Though it may shower most any hour, they'll never, ever let you drown. They read Luella from Friday to Monday. In fact, the whole week through, we may have fog, smog, or sun on Sunday. It makes no difference, no one's blue. We feel so welcome at Hollywood and fine. Love to eat inside that derby they call brown. The greatest carpet, the farmer's market, they're all a part of our hometown. There is something in the air that you can't find anywhere. When the smudge box smudge, you never feel the heat. There's a Chinese picture show that's a drum and runs, you know, where they have cement for start to put their feet. We love those dear, we love those dear hearts and lucky people who smoke in our hometown. They smoke those lucky because our lucky will never ever let you down. They are so free and so easy on the draw. Take a tip from one who knows and you will see. There ain't a rough, puff, it's fine tobacco, so light an LSMFT. It's always LSMFT. Yes, LSMFT. wonderful on the show. Well, Don, I think I'll go back and play a little more gin with Mary and then have the berth made up and go to sleep. I'm going to turn in early, too. Okay, Don. See you later. I'll soon be back home in California, and I'll pay my income tax when I get there. And if I have to, I'll play my fiddle in the middle of old Pershing Square. Well, about another hour of gin, and I'll go to bed. Oh, boy, this bird feels good. Nice to be able to stretch out. Yeah, but stop stretching over to my side, will you, Jack? I'm sorry, Dom. I don't know why you insist on traveling like this. These berths are only built for one. Don, you know as well as I do, it's hard to get accommodations on the super chief. We're lucky we're in here. I suppose so. Anyway, I'm too cramped to argue. All right, then drop it. You don't have to get huffy about it, you know. Look, I'm not getting huffy. Hey, fellas, be quiet. How do you expect me to sleep here between you two? I'm sorry, Dennis. Good night, Don. There he goes, Don. Every night it's the same thing, snoring and mumbling. Ah, don't worry, kid. We'll be home tomorrow. 
I'd like to punch him right in the nose. Alex, shut up! I can't go to sleep. Well, Dennis, why don't you try counting sheep? Counting sheep? Yeah. Well, okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. No, that's a sheepdog. <laughs> Seven, eight, nine, ten. Jim. so soon. Come on, Mary. Everybody's staring at me. Green leading on track five for Anaheim. Azusa and Cucamonga. Oh, boy. Even he sounds good. Ladies and gentlemen, the American Heart Association has set a goal of $6 million to be used for research, for education, and for community service. Heart disease is our greatest challenge because it takes more lives than any other illness and causes tremendous disability. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, won't you please help support the 1950 Heart Campaign? Send your contributions to Jack Benny, Box 500, New York City. Rochester, here we are at home. The house looks good, doesn't it? Sure does, boss. I'm going upstairs, take a shower, a shave, and get cleaned up. Okay, boss. And while you're doing that, I'll unpack your bags. No, no, Rochester. Don't touch those bags. Why not? As soon as I get cleaned up, i got to rush back to the railroad station. For what? i got to catch a train. I'm going back to Washington for the White House Photographer's Ball. But, boss, that don't make sense. If you're going right back to Washington, why'd you come all the way home from New York? I told you to take a shower. There's a water shortage there. <laughs> Have a cab here in 15 minutes. Good night, Claudette. 
contributions to the 1950 Hart campaign to Jack Benny, Box 500, New York City. And be sure to hear Dennis Day in the day in the life of Dennis Day. Stay tuned to the Amos Standard Show, which follows immediately. Stay tuned for more laughs from Fred Allen next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. And now here's the Fred Allen Show with special guests, the DeMarco Sisters. Jack Eigen, Minerva Pius, Peter Donald, Parker Fenley, the DeMarco sisters, and Al Goodman and his orchestra. And this is Kenny Delmar bringing you some big news from your friendly Ford dealer. Next Thursday, June 10th, the world premiere of the 49 Ford, the first big motor car showing in eight years, will be held at the Waldorf Astoria in New York City. Eight days later, on June 18th, a week from next Friday, your Ford dealer will display the new 49 Ford in his showroom. So mark these important dates on your calendar. Next Thursday, June 10th, world premiere of the 49 Ford at the Waldorf in New York. On Friday, June 18th, nationwide premiere of the 49 Ford at 6,400 Ford dealers. Starting on these dates, America will see the car of the year. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time each year, most of the leading comedians leave radio for their annual summer vacation. One hearty Punchinello still carries on, however, and here he is, Fred Allen. Thank you, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And Kenny, you're right about most of the comedians starting on their summer vacation. Yeah, Red Skelton finished this week. Right. Bill McGee and Molly. Yeah. Bill Harris, Amos and Andy. I know. Jack Benny is still on, isn't he? Oh, yes. Up until this year, you know, Benny had to finish before the weather got too hot. Oh, and Jack can stay on in hot weather now? Since Airwick has been invented. <laughs> Bergen is going to spend his vacation in Sweden and Norway. Yes, yes, sure, that's right, Kenny. Edgar is taking his fjord back home for service. <laughs> what is a fjord? Kenny, did I hear you correctly? <laughs> that question coming from the announcer on this program can lead to sudden unemployment, Kenny. <laughs> Before you get fired, though, what is, what is new? Well, I heard you on We the People last week. Oh, really? Your nature boy was on the program with you. Yes, that, yes, Kenny, I had a long talk with nature boy through an interpreter. <laughs> you know, he's, uh, he's only, nature boy is only going to stay in the swamps one more year. In the swamp? If he doesn't find Chloe by then, he's giving the whole thing up. <laughs> Well, didn't New York confuse Nature Boy? Yes, he confessed to me behind a video executive there. He told me that it did, that New York did confuse him. The first time Nature Boy saw the Holland, Holland Tunnel, he fainted. He thought it was a big gopher hole. And gopher reminds me, I think I'll go for the writer who wrote that joke. <laughs> On my way to Allen Valley, I think I'll go. Well, what is your question tonight? Well, this week, the Federal Reserve Board announced that credit buying is at a record high, 
and most families in America will overspend their incomes for 1948. And so our question is, are you spending more than you are making this year? Shall we go? As the big toe said when the man stepped on the lawnmower, I am off. What a night in Allen Valley, Kenny. There must be a benefit in the sky. All the stars are out. Well, let's, um, let's see if Senator Claghorn is around. Somebody, I see somebody fogged my flap. Yeah. As the tax director says, let me have it, Tom. Well, look, Get Senator... going. I'm busy in the man with a stiff neck trying to watch a tennis match. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, I'm leaving for college tomorrow. I'm getting an honorary degree. A degree? I'm flattered, Tom. I never had no education. I'm a self-made man. A self-made man? I'm demonstrating the horrors of unskilled labor. <laughs> well, tell me, Senator, what do you want in college? I'm polishing up my Spanish, son. Spanish? Yeah, Henry Wallace is down in New Mexico speaking Spanish. i got to head him off. That can't... C.C. Amigos. What was that? Uh, C.C. Amigos. I speak hey. Spanish like a castanet. <laughs> I could tell that. Yeah, La Santiga Senora Popona Ella Palillo Pogo en Mescala Patata. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, what is that translated? The old lady is sticking a pogo stick in the mashed potatoes. <laughs> well, isn't, <laughs> isn't that an unusual sentence? Not in Spain. You can't trust an old lady in Spain, Tom. <laughs> minute your back is turned, she'll pull an enchilada on you. Oh. Well, look, Senator, our question tonight is about families overspending this year. Well, Democrats started that trend, son. Democrats? Democrats is in favor of spending. Spending what? The next four years in the White House. So long, son. So long, Elliot. Well, the Senator, the Senator sure gets some inside information. But uh, let's see what, uh, let's see what Mr. Moody thinks about it. Howdy, Bob. Well, Mr. Moody, how do you feel about this overspending? Well, the trouble is, people are buying too many things on the installment plan. What uh, What causes that? Oh, uh, it's them smooth-talking sales fellas. Yeah? They're slick as slush. Slick as slush, eh? <laughs> you, uh, you've had an experience? Uh, I'm still laughing. Laughing? Uh, what, uh, what happened? Well, sir, one day, I was sitting in the kitchen, catching some flies from a pet spider. <laughs> catching flies? Yeah, my spider's got a stomach disorder. Oh, I see. He can't spin a whip. Uh-huh. He grunts and spins, but nothing comes out. <laughs> and without a whip, the spider can't catch nothing. Oh, and you? I, I catch flies and mosquitoes to feed my spider. Well, that's very nice of you. Well, this day I was cupping my hand and catching flies. I heard somebody knocking. Knocking, hey? I went to the door. Yeah. It's a fellow in a checkered suit. He's a fast-talking Weisenheimer. A Weisenheimer, huh? Yeah. He says, Rube, can you write? I says, yes. Yeah. Easy words. Yeah. He says, uh... <laughs> he says, uh... Sign here on the dotted line. Well, sign for what? He says, for nothing down and 400 easy monthly payments, you are now the sole owner of a little dandy electric toaster... Electric refrigerator, yeah. electric iron, and electric stove. You bought all of these things? Yeah. As I'm signing, I'm laughing to myself. You're laughing, eh? <laughs> For the last ten years, every month when I'm paying the $84 installment, yeah. as I'm handing him the money, I laugh right in his face. <laughs> Your house is full of electrical gadgets, isn't it? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> then, uh... 
And why are you laughing? Because my house ain't wired for electricity. So long, Mark. <laughs> Sure has them. Well, let's, uh, let's try this next door. Howdy, Jeffy. Ah, uh, Mrs. Nussbaum. Is that a new book you're reading? This is to Moby Dick, a sequel. Oh, a sequel. Moby Dick? Moby Dick, that story about the whale? This they are calling Moby Max. Moby, Moby Max? For three weeks, is living inside a sturgeon, a man. A man inside a sturgeon? To me, it's a silly. Well, how do you mean? If inside the sturgeon is trapped a man, yeah. he could eating himself out from inside the sturgeon. From inside? Eating from inside out the sturgeon is delicious. Well, I've never tried it that way. Well, Mrs. Nussbaum, what about this overspending business? I'm calling to mind an old saying. Yes? Yeah. The leg is not knowing what the pocket is thinking. That is an old saying. <laughs> what? But that, that doesn't make sense. Overspending also is not making sense. Oh. I'm bringing it in cleverly so you will catch the point. I see. Well, never mind the cleverness right now. Tell me, what about people spending more than their income? A neighbor, Taboo Rappaport, is constantly overspending. How do you know? Although she is not working, always Taboo is buying fur coats, jewelry, also knicks with necks. Well, if Taboo Rappaport doesn't work, how can she afford to keep buying things? Ah, from Europe, a sister is sending cash. Well, where does a sister in Europe get the money? From a plan. The Morris plan? The Marshall plan. Oh, I... I, I... Well, here we are. Here we are at the driveway of Mr. Cassidy's estate. I wonder if Ajax is in. Well, Mr. Cassidy, what about people overspending? Happy boy, when I hear the word overspending, it calls to mind the sad plight of Rinty Monahan. What happened to Rinty? Well, you recall that Black Friday when Mayor O'Dwyer announced on July 1st he was raising the subway fare to 10 cents? I do. On that day, Rinty found himself stuck with 10,000 nickel slugs. So? Rinty invited me out for an evening of revelry while he disposed of his outmoded illegal tender. And, uh, you accepted? Oh, as soon as Rinty loaded the slugs into two duffel bags, we was off for Coney Island. Rinty was spending his slugs, eh? The sky was the limit. Going into the subway, we went through four turnstiles, one for each leg. I see. And when we got to Coney Island, oh, the fun began. The fun, hey? Rinty found a nearsighted lemonade man. <laughs> the, the lemonade laid man. <laughs> the lemonade man took the slab. You're nearsighted yourself, aren't you? No. He does. <laughs> The lemonade man not only took the slugs, me boy, he was given us change. Giving you change? Fine. Then with the slugs, we started taking three rides. Oh, fine. On the flying ass. <laughs> we went on the flying atom. The flying atom? What is the flying atom? Well, you, you step into a capsule, yeah. they throw in a little uranium, and whoosh, get off. Say, that's some ride. About three o'clock in the morning, I said, Rinty... I think me spine is gone. Yeah. I just sat down up to me shoulder blade. <laughs> yes? 
Linty says Cassidy will have one last free ride. Uh-huh. With that, a man in a blue ensemble stepped out of the tunnel of love. Says he, gentlemen, you'll have your last free ride with me. And your last free ride was in the patrol. <laughs> well, tell me, where is Linty? Oh, he's still in the hoosco. Still in? Yeah, Linty forgot himself. How? When the judge sentenced him. Yes? Linty tried to pay his fine with slugs. Maestro Goodman signals us to stop this levity. He's ready to conduct. The five democracies is curtsy. The maestro raises his plastic baton. The song, I May Be Wrong. Girl? Played by the maestro and 25 men 
who, unlike the new 1490 Fords, are not going places. And now, ladies and say, Kenny. Uh, yes, Fred. Would you run out? Could you run out and get me a stamp, please? I have to write my weekly letter to Portland. Okay, Fred. Now, let me see. June 6th, capital 6th. Dear Portland, a funny thing happened this week. Letters have been pouring in for months, all asking the same question. Who is Jack Eigen? Well, I couldn't very well answer every letter, so I thought the best thing to do would be to ask Jack Eigen to be a guest on our program. Jack is a disc jockey at the Copacabana nightclub, so last Thursday after midnight, I went over to the Copa. The Eigen program was just going on the air. As I came in, I heard Jack say, Meet me at the Copa. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's half past midnight here in New York, and this is your Broadway and Hollywood reporter, Jack Eigen. Ah, this is a big night at the Copacabana. The lounge is packed with celebrities. Sitting over there is Ma Perkins with Nick Kenny. (laughs) And at the next table, at the next table, Georgie Jessel is giving a big party with a magnum of celery tonic and four straws. What a night. I'm at the Copa. Where are you? Say, here's a celebrity sneaking by the check room with his hat on. Why, it's Fred Allen. I'm going to ask Fred to say a few words. Right this way, Fred. Uh, thank you, Jack. Say, Jack, what's new? Well, I was just going to play a record, Fred. I had a request for Cohen on the telephone. Who requested Cohen on the telephone? Cohen. <laughs> Jack, before you play any record, you're always interviewing guests on your program. Say, how about changing it around tonight? Let, let me interview you. Okay, Fred, go ahead. Well, Jack, you're not the only guy sitting up all night playing phonograph records and chewing the fat. Please, Fred, not fat. At the Cobra, I chew the caviar. Oh, at the Cobra. Well, I mean, you're not the only disc jockey here in New York. No, there's the Mid- Midnight Milkman. Yes, and Delancey Street Dave. Delancey Street Dave? Yes, he has a phonograph on a pushcart. <laughs> oh, on a pushcart. I've heard him. His theme song is Wagon Wheel. <laughs> and down in Chinatown, there's a disc jockey, Fred. His name is Hot Wax Wong. He broadcasts from a chop suey restaurant. A chop suey restaurant? Yes, and it's very hard to hear his record. Why? Well, instead of a needle, he uses a noodle. Oh, I see that. He does it the hard way, I see. <laughs> Say, I know a disc jockey at Cousin Ben's Diner over in Nutley, New Jersey. He broadcasts from a lunch wagon. Well, one morning about 5 o'clock, the disc jockey was a little groggy, and instead of a record, he put on a buckwheat cake. Well, he was off the air for two hours until he scraped the batter off his needle. <laughs> but, Jack, working all night, you must lead a very irregular life. Yes, Fred, I live just the opposite for most people. Well, what, what is your average day like? Well, every day I get up at the crack of dusk. The crack of dusk, eh? Yes, and after I eat breakfast, if it's a nice day, I go to a nice baseball game. I see. And after the game, it's almost midnight. Well, I'm ready for lunch. Where do you eat? At the automat. Well, at midnight, isn't the automat closed? I have my own key, Fred. Oh, they give you a very nice... Yes, they home. leave me some food in a special compartment. Well, how do you find uh, one of those little compartments in the dark? They keep a light burning in the window just for me. Oh. And when you finish your midnight lunch, I blow out the light and come here to the Copa. Well, Jack, sitting here playing records all night, you must have a lot of time on your hands. Yes, Fred, but I don't mind. It gives me a chance to do some thinking. Really? What uh, What do you think about? Well, mostly about radio and all the things that are wrong with radio. Really? What uh, What things? Well, take some of those dopey contestants on quiz programs. Dopey contestants? Yeah, how can the quiz masters be so considerate of morons? You mean one of those quiz shows that starts something like this? 
it or we'll sue. <laughs> the quiz program that makes every contestant a capitalist. And here is your quiz master, Ready Money Ralph. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Here's our first contestant. What is your name, please, sir? Uh... Never mind. Here it is on your card. Your name is Gabriel Gunzelfinger. That's me. I know it's you. I just told you. What did I win? Fifty dollars. How do you want to buy for a hundred? Uh... Good. Here's your next question. Now, who was the first president of the United States? Uh... His first name was George. Uh... <laughs> there is a bridge named after him. George Bridge. Sorry, Mr. Gunnelfinger, I think you'll find the first president was not George Bridge. No. He was George Washington. Oh. But you were certainly close. Yeah. You made a grand try. Here's $500. Yeah. Or we'll sue. Is that... <laughs> is that what you mean, Jack? Yes, the guy's a jerk. He doesn't even know his own name. They treat him as though he's Einstein. I know. Fred, just once, I'd like to hear a quiz master tell one of those dopes off. What you would like to hear, in other words, is something like this. Money Stick, the exciting new quiz program. Every contestant's head is covered with glue. The lucky winner puts his head into a bag of money, and all of the money that sticks to the contestant's head is his. For Money Stick. And here's our quiz master, Art Finkletter. Well, sir, we're ready to play Money Stick. Our first contestant is here with his head covered with glue. What is your name, sir? Uh... You don't know your own name, do you? Uh... Still, you have the audacity to come up here on the stage and try to answer questions. Uh... Um... Ah, radio is full of you crumbs, cluttering up quiz programs, wasting everybody's time. Uh... Do you know what you want to do? Uh, give me a hint. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. What should I do? Drop dead! <laughs> Is that what you mean, Jack? Oh, that was a pleasure, Fred. Yeah. All those morons should be told off. Well, what else bothers you in radio? Those soap commercials where people whisper about oh. you if you don't use a certain soap. Oh, that whispering. You mean one of those soap commercials that start? Folks, have you tried Aroma? The new all-purpose scientific soap? Aroma has the lava with the locked-in perfume. <laughs> Do your friends say, wow, when you come into the room? <laughs> You may have elbowtosis, the medical name for potent elbows. <laughs> Try a cake of aroma in your bath. You will be as fragrant as a tiger lily. <laughs> Do what John Brown did. John Brown was a secretary to a big businessman. John Brown had you-know-what. His desk was not inside the office. John Brown sat outside in the hall. When the boss wanted to dictate a letter, he opened the door. Yes, sir. Wow! Brown, don't come near me. I want to dictate a letter. Get in that closet. Yes. John Brown had to take dictation hidden in a closet. He had elbowtosis, the medical name for potent elbows. Even his best friend wouldn't tell him. One day, an enemy told John Brown about Aroma's soap. That night, he tried it. The next morning, when the boss wanted to dictate a letter, he opened the office door. Come in, Brown. Yes, sir. Dad, what is that fragrant tiger lily odor? 
It is I, sir. <laughs> you smell lovely, Brown. Yes, sir. Shall I get in the closet, sir? No, Brown. Come sit on my lap. <laughs> John Brown takes dictation sitting on his boss's lap. Someday he will be a vice president. Do you want to sit on the boss's lap? Do you want to smell like a tiger lily? Try a cake of aroma tonight. Is that what gets on your nerves, Jack? Yes, the guy takes one bath and he's a member of the firm already. Why doesn't somebody invent a soap that will just leave you alone? You'd like to hear something? You'd like to hear a soap commercial something like this. Friends, have you tried Lumpo? The new won't do nothing soap. Lumpo won't lather. Lumpo won't clean. But if you get lonesome bathing, Lumpo is good company in the tub. <laughs> if you want to keep those dishpan hands you've got, if you want to keep that rough, scaly complexion, if you want to take a bath and be the same getting out of the tub as you were getting in, try a lump of Lumpo. Lumpo leaves you alone. Spelled. A-L-O-N-E. Well, how is that? Great, great. What else in radio gets on your nerves? Those daytime serials, Fred. Jack, you, uh, uh, you with your schedule, you heard a daytime serial? Well, I woke up in the middle of the night after I heard it. I was so worried about the family, I couldn't go back to sleep. What you heard, I gather, was something like this. Presenting Life Can Be Lived. Another chapter in the life of John Doe and his typical family living in the typical Quonset hut halfway up the next block. Yesterday we left the whole family with their noses pressed against the parlor window, crying as Granny Doe's funeral started off. As the scene opens today, John Doe enters the room. Mary. John, you've come. Yes, Mary. Something is wrong. It's Grandpa. He needs another operation. Another operation? Grandpa just came back from the hospital this morning. I know he fell through the bottom of the ambulance. There was a loose track. Another operation. Mary, we have no money. But if Grandpa isn't operated upon immediately, his sight will keep failing. You're on the light. Poor, poor Grandpa. John, have you seen Junior? No, I haven't. I hope he hasn't been run over again. <laughs> Wheel me to the window, John. Mary, you are in a wheelchair. Oh, John, I hope you wouldn't notice. <laughs> Here comes Junior. Who am I? Who am I? Mary, Junior has galloping amnesia. Who am I, Hey, The man <laughs> Hit him on the head again. That means the rent is due. Oh, John, what are we going to do? The rent, Grandpa's eyes, my legs, Junior's head. We haven't any money, Mary. There's only one thing we can do. What can we do, John? We can all cry, Mary. Oh. <laughs> and with John Doe and his family crying until their house would break, we end another chapter of Life Can Be Lived. <laughs> you heard, Jack? Yes, Brenda made me sore. Sore? John Doe sounds like an intelligent guy. What does he put up with all that stuff for? You mean you'd rather hear a serial that sounded like this? Mary. John, you come. You're always calling me at the filling station. What's wrong now? It's Grandpa. 
his eyes are failing. Turn on the light. <laughs> Get up, you old smoke. Oh, here comes Junior. Who am I? Who am What's I? What's wrong with him? Junior doesn't know who he is. That's the last straw, Mary. Trouble, trouble, trouble. Fifteen minutes every day, five days a week. Trouble. I've had enough. John, put down that gun. Get back in that wheelchair, Mary. <laughs> who am I? Who am I? You too. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Gunsmoke, followed by Duffy's Tavern. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.